Yo, 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 welcome to episode 30, Dane, of the Duo Sports and Stuff podcast. Bro, we made it to 30 episodes, man. Um, could you even, like, imagine us getting this far? It's, it's actually been a year. It's crazy. Wow. Dirty 30. <laughs> man, you know what the crazy thing is with yesterday being thanksgiving we have so much to be thankful for you know family exactly. friends experiences memories even uh during this pandemic but no, i didn't even think about this one thing i'm just thankful for is just the fellowship that we've been able to have and just the, the fun that we've been able to have just talking on this podcast and on the pod me- on, meeting, on the us, pod. <laughs> meeting so many different people that i would have never man. imagined I would have never in my wildest dreams. I would have never imagined it. Like just yeah. seeing uh, Jay Billis pop up on the the timeline during the uh, the most recent verses. I was like, we actually talked to this dude <laughs> about like, that. Like, like about like what's uh, like Jeezy. that's not yeah. supposed to happen. I'm not supposed to have that memory <laughs> of oh yeah, I, you know, spoke with this. Like I, that's not supposed to happen. Like you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I don't know. I guess that's just a surreal feeling of it. You asked me a really yeah. short question. I gave it a super long one answer. No, that, that's my answer. That was good. No, that's a good that's answer, man. Um, and you mentioned Thanksgiving. We hope everyone that listens and follows the podcast had a great, um, safe, and wonderful Thanksgiving. You know, 2020 has been crazy as it is, but uh, we hope that you somehow find a way to um, celebrate family, or if you weren't with family, someone close to you, or at least got to talk on the phone with someone. Um, yeah. That you care about a lot because um, like 2020 in general has just been crazy and, you know, unusual. So we we hope that you guys had a great one. And what Dane and I wanted to do for this episode, uh, since it's been a year, Dane, since we yes, started sir. this thing, Dane and I curated some of our moments from the past year from we try to grab some from each episode we might mm. i think we grabbed at least a little clip from each episode to put together Oops, game snippet. but you kind of <laughs> yeah you kind of mentioned it what what are you like what has this one year of doing this meant to you you kind of mentioned it before i guess i asked you again though i guess to me it's meant uh progress just for those of you who don't know, or for those of you that have a life, um, since we went through and listened to every episode of our own selves from episode one to episode 29, I don't know about you, Deontay, but I, me seeing our progression as to how we conduct ourselves in the podcast, as far as like speech patterns, just like the lows, the pauses, little super awkward pauses, like right. that's I mean, not to say we, you know, we're professionals now. We're, you know, we're ready to, we're ready to be branded and all this type of stuff. And like, not to say we're there yet, but the progress that we made is one thing I appreciate the most. And then just on top of that, the progress we get to make, we, we made together was, it was huge. Yeah. So I agree, man. We, I mean, we came a long way. We got more For room sure. to, more room to improve. Shout out to yeah. Omar. But, you know, we're going, we're going to appreciate the, the, experience in the journey that we've been on so far until we get to that 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 destination that pinnacle <laughs> no <laughs> exactly. but what you said I, I agree with man listening to how we started and where we ended up the progression the way we talk uh, of course we're not professionals at this we just yeah. like hey man put the rec- uh, put the mics in front of us and let's just talk and um mm. and then the number of guests that we've able to 
get on the show is just incredible. And hopefully we can continue that on to uh, next season. Yes, this will be yes, the sir. end of season one of the Duo Sports and Stuff podcast. Uh, I guess we'll just make it into year seasons. That's the only way I feel like it'll be kind of cool. So, um, yeah, this this episode right here, episode 30, will be the end of season one. Um, and then we'll get back to it at some point. You know, Dane and I finally found, uh, ended our hunt for our PS5. So we. <laughs> man. <laughs> so that I kind of. Uh... Man, I ain't going to never. I, look, let me let me say this real quick, bro. Yeah, go ahead, I ain't going to never hate on another man making money. But man, some of you dudes buying up 10, 15 consoles should be ashamed of yourself and selling them for yeah. thousands of dollars. Like you should be ashamed of yourself. Not because of the fact you're trying to make a buck. I get that. I understand. But the fact you're trying to make a buck during a pandemic and you taking out the hands of possibility, taking out the pos- taking out the hands of me trying to get my PS5. And I, I'm just saying right now that I appreciate the journey that it took to get that mug because I appreciate it more than anything now that I have it. But at the same time, I was like, ain't no way this should have been this difficult. But it is what it is. But yeah, people trying to gouge the market and, you know, but glad we were able to secure for those still trying. Hope you get it as soon as you can. But don't also don't break your bank. For for, for this man, just, you know, do what you got to do, but be reasonable about it. If you can't buy three of them, you can't afford it. That's all That's I gotta say, said. man. That's you what they said. If you, can't, but... if you can't purchase three of them, you can't afford it. All right. Uh, we don't know how long this episode is going to be, depending on how many clips we put in here, but uh, sit back. hours let out. <laughs> sit back and enjoy the anniversary episode of the Duo Sports and Stuff podcast. Now listening to the Duo Sports and Stuff Podcast. Here are your hosts, Deontay Epps and Dane Beasley. So, my name is Deontay Epps, alongside my brother from the third freaking grade, uh, Dane Beasley. Dane Beasley, say what's up, bro? Good evening, morning, afternoon, everyone. This is Dane Beasley, the other half of... The oh. other half of. <laughs> oh, the other half of the duo sports and stuff podcast. I guess that's where I was supposed to come in, y'all. I'm still working on this thing. We're new to this, but uh, you know, will that that teamwork will get together soon enough. Um, <laughs> to be honest, to be honest, I thought your audio just cut off. I was about to say you did. <laughs> nah, man, you about to get fired. I know. You fired. Get fired how on the how you get fired? On your day off. I'm fire you on your podcast. On your first day. Every top ranked team and all these athletes. So I don't I don't I can't say that I can find a favorite team. But what I do like is uh when these players are empowered. I love that. So uh, that leads me to talk mm-hmm. about this. The athletic director at Ohio State, James okay. Smith, he uh went on record to explain why he basically quit the college football oh, I saw that link, but I didn't I didn't yeah. what was he talking about? Oh man, you should have clicked. So he brought up the first his in in I guess politically correct response for the first time someone asked him about it why he quit. He's like basically he wanted you know focus on the team, uh-huh. help out the new coach Ryan right. Day, right. and and then he you know we we're, we're talking about it again. It's like wait a minute, wait, a minute. Gene, 
Gene, Mr. Smith, <laughs> talk to us. Tell us the exact. Tell us the real reason why you're no longer on the committee. How you really feel? Yeah, come on, Gene. Come on, G, G, if I will. So then he went on to say that he was concerned about the way that the committee or how the committee was applying the criteria uh-huh. and it made him feel uncomfortable uh, when he came back into the room and how he was recused from talking about the his rankings because of the way that ba- or not Baylor, how Georgia was ranked ahead oh, wow. of hey. uh-huh, after uh-huh. their two lost team and not a champion. Uh, yeah. So <sighs> you can sense there was some, there was some deeper feelings or that was a, maybe an abbreviated uh, version of why he left. But yeah. there's some, there's definitely some that, yeah, that just mm. always rubbed me the wrong way. Like how mm-hmm. ADs are on the committie. Yeah, because like, there's got to be a, another set of people y'all can get or go back to the computer and then just go top four from there. I don't th- I, I don't know, man. It's just it's, there's no way. Oh, OK, I won't say it's no way, but I feel like it's very hard not to be biased, yep. especially when you're a you're an athletic director for a team that's in the fight for the playoffs. So that's just and knowing how, how frequently these athletic directors move around after, mm-hmm. you know, before they're tenured, like, come on now, there are ties, there are ties. You, if you do enough Googling, enough searching, you'll find ties from ADs in one conference to ties to another, you know, conference there. It, it, it's there. Right. As to what they get out of it. You know, I don't know. There's a lot of conspiracy about that, but there needs to be, there needs to be a separate third party uh, developing these these yeah, rankings because it, yeah, I agree. There's too much on the line. You're playing with the futures of these, you know, athletes who, of course, are they're not guaranteed to have success in the thing that they love the most, which is football. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, and I, yeah. It shouldn't even be fourteen. It shouldn't even be a fourteen playoff in the first place. If I'm being if I'm being a hundred right now, but that's a topic for another day. Mm. I'm gonna keep it short and simple. Three pieces of advice. Uh, the first piece okay. of advice: um, never stop dating your spouse. You know the same thing that helped you get her. Make sure you continue to keep doing that. So if you know if y'all think was going on these long, extravagant, beautiful dates, then keep doing that. You know, make sure that you make keep that a norm. Don't just throw that by the wayside just because, you know, she has the ring on her finger and in your last name. Um, second piece of advice, uh whatever foundation that you have, stick to it, man. Whether it's faith based or you know, whatever whatever works for you as far as mm-hmm. keeping your everything centered. On right. building that bond and or building and keeping that bond that you all have, and keep doing that. And then thirdly, which is most importantly, in every piece of advice you get is not good advice, and that includes the three, mm. the, the two steps that I just included, or the two pieces of advice <laughs> I just gave you. So just because someone gives you a marriage advice doesn't mean you have to take it. And what works for them might not work for you. There might be right. they might be whatever whatever works in their first five years of marriage might not work within your first five years of marriage or, or vice versa, you know? So any advice isn't good advice. So the three things I just told you, they might be horrible pieces of advice. And that's great. That's great. Cause it doesn't work for you. And that's perfectly fine. Just, uh, I don't know, take it, throw it in a trash can. Don't ever listen to it. Let it go in one or the other and keep it moving. But yeah. 
That's all I got. <laughs> Sorry if that's not that's good sick. enough for you, you people. No. <laughs> you you people. Hey. You're tuning in for a sports hey, podcast, like and here you're getting <laughs> romance tips and stuff. So. <laughs> right. We just, little did you know the the stuff in sports and stuff means yeah. uh, romance, love. You know, we we can we can be versatile with yeah. The, oh yeah, we know. were versed in these things. These, uh, yeah, but once long long time ago, out. being hopeless romantics ourselves. So. <laughs> facts <laughs> that is big facts. Both got lucky, man. Fortunate, blessed, and uh, no, but that's that's great advice, bro. And especially number three, you know, I uh, number three. Yeah, like every, <laughs> I'm, dead I'm dead serious. Three, three. Don't listen to anything I said. Don't listen to anything two. I said. <laughs> Nah. But no, I get it. Just make make your own path, make your own way, and you know, just try to. F- a lot of it is about figuring it out as you go. As yeah. far as I mean, not marriage because I'm not married, but you know, if you're with someone for a while, and you're gonna learn some things about them, and mm-hmm. it's all about you know understanding who they are. This is this is ah. you one plus one equals ten thousand. Basically, how marriage works. It's, right. Normally, you probably think it's one plus one is two, but it's it's definitely ten thousand. How do you get that, to ten thousand? I marriage, have no idea. Marriage math. <laughs> that marriage math. Yes, yes. Marriage math. I like that. <laughs> Hashtag that, bud, and put that on yeah, a t-shirt or something. Um, <laughs> make some money off of it. Like one thing, <laughs> everything I say go. <laughs> But um, a lot of people still don't know or don't realize how big uh, Texas or football is in Texas. Um, Man, they got it's, a, it's like AT&T a religion here, bro. Pack, yeah, yeah. I, I, and if you if you don't know about it, you just go to a state title game and you'll think it's a professional game. How many we got? People are there's so many. There there are stadiums in the state of Texas. No cap. There there are stadiums in the state of Texas that are better than some college stadiums. High school, high school mm-hmm. football stadiums. And the first one that comes to mind for me, of course, and I'm in Dallas, is Allen. Allen. Yeah. Yeah. Allen. Their stadium is magnificent. And it's their. They're, magnificent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> magnificent. <laughs> why, why does that part of that movie is so it's funny to me? Funny. It's so out of place, too, but it's funny yes. because it's, I mean, it's just. For those who don't know, we're speaking of yeah. Avengers Infinity War, the scene where yeah. I think it's, what's it, uh, Benicio del Toro? Yeah, the um, collector. The collector. Um, he's inside of a, some sort of, he's being held captive in some sort of space. Display. Uh, some sort of cell. Yeah, some sort of display case. And after Gamora, <laughs> spoiler alert, after Gamora kills who she believes is Thanos, which that happens to be part of uh, the usage of the reality stone. She yeah. kills Thanos, and then, of course, he's, <laughs> you know, cheering and saying magnificent, screaming at the top of his lungs, and then, of course, we are shortly all disappointed by oh, a mirage man. of sorts. And, yeah. That was funny. And I hope with our first pick, though, to go alongside my boy, Corlin Sutton, mm. and to give Drew Locke a weapon, I hope we get Henry Ruggs from Alabama. Ooh. That's who because we got the fifteenth pick in the draft. Okay. I I hope he falls down there. Okay. He, well, Deontay, sad, you but, are in luck. 
Um, since I happen to be a self-proclaimed draft guru, I have my top 100 picks here in this Excel spreadsheet. I'll send it to you after this podcast. Ah. Uh, he currently sits in my third or fourth ranked wide receiver. It doesn't mean much because I'm just little old me. I have no type of credentials that sets me uh, in, in some sort of position to say this is, uh, <laughs> this is you know, worthy of, you know, some sort of, you know, credit. This isn't this isn't anything. But if it's my guess, <laughs> he's the third or fourth ranked wide receiver uh, coming out this year, uh, only behind Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb and possibly uh, LaVishka Chenault. Um So you got a good chance there, man. Just you got to hope and you got to pray that all the other teams selecting ahead of y'all, these mediocre quarterbacks not named Joe Burrow and Tua are pushed yeah. up um, in that top 10. That's your hope. Hope for that, but I think you should be good. But if you don't land that yeah, guy, even bro, if you should be I was just about to say, even if we, even if we don't, if you don't land that receiver, you'd be good. Receiver. Man, it's a deep wide receiver so class, bro. Receivers. So I'm, I'm not too worried about it. if we don't get rugs, we gonna get somebody. Deep. Talk about Morbius. Uh, Morbius reminds me of uh, Morpheus. <laughs> Every time I read. <laughs> hey man, got that new Morpheus movie coming out. Don't do me, Morbius. Hey, Morpheus, no, no, Morpheus no. Movie would be live, no, man, bro. it got Lawrence Fishburne in it. Nah, bro, I think you talking about Mor. I think you talking about Morbius. Our podcast Twitter is at the duo S and S, and we appreciate you guys once again listening, showing support, love, sharing our podcast with your friends, family, all that good stuff. We really appreciate it. Um, dang, we have we have overseas listeners now. Actually, oh, they just we've gone international. <laughs> we've Shout gone international. No, like one play from Spain, so that's cool. Hey. <laughs> and, and one from England, so hey. that's that's pretty cool. We're gonna have to start learning Spanish, Dane. So, uh, what do you mean I know Spanish? <laughs> say something in Spanish. Okay. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you a fool, bro. You a fool. But- uh, death sometimes, and I it, it, I hate it. I don't know why it's like this, but death sometimes brings everything full circle, um, including you know convicting you to you know reach out to your family members. So you know that's something I definitely need to work on. And then of course the other thing when you brought up Shaq, uh, you know Shaq, and I'm not saying I didn't get to watch the special, but I one of the things that came to my mind when I heard. You know, the first time he, you know, publicly spoke about it was, man, I am so glad that they got to squash the beef that they had. Oh, man. That immediately reminded me, like, man, there's, you know, there's one particular person that I need to make a priority to reach out to and just, you know, let her know that even, you know, after all this time that we haven't spoken, then, you know, you know, basically just apologize for falling out real close right. friend. So when you, when you were saying that, it kind of like made me feel like, man, right. I don't want to put myself uh, out I'm there right like there that. But you. I yeah. mean, if it helps, you know, two or three people say, oh, you know, maybe I should hit up, you know, distant cousin that, you know, had a beef over some money or, you know, Something right. stupid, something small. It's not, it's, and most of the time, you don't even remember nope. what it was about. I don't. You just be like, man, whatever it was, it just doesn't even it's, matter it at don't. this point. It don't. <laughs> it don't. It doesn't even matter. And it's crazy because last episode, we talked about 
beefs or <laughs> sports beef. It, it was a bunch of beefs, yeah. right? Sports beefs, all that, and like when things, unfortunately, when things like this happen, it takes situations like these to happen mm-hmm. for uh, for you to sometimes realize that it wasn't really that serious. Never been that serious. Um, it's it's not even that serious, and that that kind of goes towards the other thing uh when people talk about who the greatest bat when they compared Kobe to LeBron like all oh, that I'm guilty I'm that guilty. yeah it, well yeah I am everybody is yeah. really but like stuff like that now it's just like hey we're really arguing about that it's just instead of just is in compare yeah like like we used, to, we used to tell me all the time about LeBron because I for the longest for the longest I was never a LeBron fan like never mm-hmm. like and it wasn't even so much as LeBron. It was more more than anything. It was just as fans. And I know there's bad fans in every you know fan base, but right. I remember no, they of, could they could be, <laughs> be crazy. <laughs> one of the most enlightened one of the most enlightening things that you ever told me was, and this might have been like 2009, 2010. It's definitely when the Heat were. I think maybe it was during their first. It definitely wasn't their first championship that they went to. It was the second one. The one they actually won, if I'm not mistaken. When um, I told you, it, I said something along the lines of, you know, it, you know, LeBron is, you know, not trash, but it's always Kobe over LeBron. And you're like, right. You know, it's not, a, and I'm paraphrasing what you said here, so I apologize if I didn't get everything right. But you told me in short. You better get everything uh, out. <laughs> you better get everything right that I said. Down to the syllables and the punctuation. Okay. You told me <laughs> in so many words just need to admire greatness and so often we take i mean so often we've over the past we've you know put two players take against each other. yeah put two players against each other and take it for granted you know in the name of displaced pride and you know humor in times but i think i'm gonna have a really hard time doing it in the future because it just made me feel like a little bit shallow as as far as mm-hmm. something is Something so small is is when I can just take the time to admire them versus pitting them against each other. I know, you know, yeah. I, you know, like yeah, so yeah. I was just gonna say I think it just from the for the most part it just comes from this generation. Not even this generation. I feel like that's always been a sports mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, where you compare eras, player, the top player. It's just how it's always been. Um, who's the best, who's the greatest, like the world, I feel like the sports world in general lives off debate. Um, it's just how it's always been, but um, you could you can honestly say that you know, it at times like this, it's just pointless. Or when things <laughs> right, when things like this happen, it's just like dang, this just, everything can everything be great? Right. <laughs> Can everything be great? But social media is hard to go on. And I didn't, I didn't, it took a while for me to, uh, after I put my phone down when I first heard about it, I think it was like maybe an hour. I was just on the couch, just sitting silently, just, yeah. And it, it's just, man, it's just tough. I just think that it was, uh, in, in light of the tragedy itself, you know, all of, the, the lives that were lost that day it was it was kind of i appreciated 
the unity. It brought so many people together. And I know it was just such a small sample size, but everybody on Twitter, you know, was it kind of just seemed like yeah. even in the midst of this happening, we still were able to the best of out the best of everyone was brought out. And it sucks that it yeah. only happened through tra I mean not saying only happened through tragedy. It sucks that it appears that it came out of tragedy, but at the same time, like what what other better time, you know? Than to bring everyone's spirits up, than to remind them, like you know, they're they're much bigger things right. here in play. So, right, and to go along with what you said about the social, not even social media, just people in the world coming together in general. Uh, you saw people go to the Staples Center, of course, and to memorial memorialize Kobe and yeah. even Gianna on a couple of uh, like there. There are some amazing artists in Los Angeles that put up the mural so Man. quick. There's some great people. Uh, and then, you know, the different players in the league, even around the world, sports athletes, honoring Kobe, right. honoring Gianna, remembering the other victims and stuff like that with either changing their number. I think the NBA came out with a special way they're going to commemorate uh kobe at the all-star game right i think lebron's side is gonna wear two for gianna and then uh Giannis's side is gonna wear 24 and then there's some special rules for this year's all-star game to uh, honor kobe bryant but i just think yeah in moments you often see in moments in times like this especially with an icon like mm -hmm. kobe people coming together we want to say to Kobe Bryant, Gianna Bryant, John Altobelli, Carrie Altobelli, Alyssa Altobelli, Christina Mauser, Sarah Chester, Peyton Chester, and R. Zobayan. And to the families, we send our love and support. May you guys rest in peace. Sending love to the close ones and those that are friends with the victims. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just tough, but we'll, we'll we'll get there, man. As far as moving on, but it's still numb at this point. Yeah, it's still numb. I want to be the best. I want to be the best. Simple and plain. That's why I play the game. To be the best, you have to win. And that's what drives me. Drives me. Dang, do you remember when our senior year when we had a realignment? <laughs> Yeah, we got to end up. In, yeah, there's a lot of controversy. Like, why the hell is Lake Travis even like, like, like why? That was the craziest realignment. We were, yeah. we were didn't make any. Wait, they didn't have they didn't have six A. They didn't have six A. It was four so, A. So we were four A. It would have been five A this year. Would have been five A. Yeah. yeah, we had Lake Travis, us, Dripping Springs, Marble Falls, Land Passes. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> I, what I really remember about the uh, realignment is because it happened in February. So mm -hmm. the seniors that I already played, they were like kind of upset. They're like, man, y'all lucky, man. Nah, I, I didn't. It didn't hit me until we were in a computer. It was one of the computer uh Photoshop class. It was, we did a lot of Photoshop and Adobe in this class, but I was in there with B. Howard and uh dang, who else was in there with us? I forgot. But when we found out about Lake Travis, 
they were just looking up videos of uh of Garrett Gilbert <laughs> and they was like, Man, this dude is crazy. Like this dude was I, I remember before class started, they were in there watching highlights of Garrett Gilbert. I was like, Man, that ain't nothing, man. And I in the back of my mind, I was like, Man, this is about to be a rude awakening because they got man. we got all the speed. It's gonna be all right, we gonna be good. Yeah. Well, two blowouts later, it was like, Yeah, them fools is real deal. And on our tenth episode, oh man, we have our our very first guest joining us on the tenth episode. We had to make it a little special. Um, this guy we've known for man, it's been double digit years. Who too long to count? Too many years to count? All the way from the elementary school days. Our friend, our brother, and our Olympic. Athlete, Olympic hopeful, Omar Craddock. Omar, how you doing, bro? We appreciate you coming on, man. Yes, sir. <laughs> hey, one, I appreciate the intro, but and two, I thank y'all, thank y'all. Like I was looking forward yeah. to this when we first mentioned it. So you've been very, you've been at the top of your game, you know, high school, mm-hmm. college, you know, professionally. So through all those years, through all these different meets, these competitions. Um, what keeps you motivated? Um, man, just just knowing that I can always get better. You know, I I uh, in college I started like this brand, you know, Room to Improve, mm-hmm. because I just truly believe in it. And and obviously, the Room to Improve is for every aspect of life. So, um, I I've always as a as a kid, man, I always wanted to be a businessman. I always wanted to own something. I always wanted to have an empire, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And um, I know that I have this talent or this ability to jump. So it's like, you know what? One, I don't have the world record. So I'm definitely still pushing for that. So that's uh, that's the easy motivator, right? Okay. The, the world record. I want this championship. So that's that's one. Uh, also, you know, family keep me motivated because, again, as a kid, you know, my parents, they they, they built this pride in our last name. Oh, you a credit. You hold your head up, you know, we be mm. confident. Mm-hmm. And but what I looked up to was, you know, sports. And I always wanted to see a Craddock jersey. I was always like, yo, I know we great, but how come how come nobody wears like Craddock on a jersey? You see Williams, you see, you know what I'm saying? You will see some Beasleys or you'll see some Epps. Oh, you know what I'm saying? You, you you'll see this, there. but you don't <laughs> you don't see Craddocks, you know what I'm saying? You don't you don't see it um on the professional rankings. So that's another way that I'm just like, you know, for my nephew, when he's coming up for my unborn children, for my cousins, for my mother, rather, you know what I'm saying? For my, my brothers and my mm-hmm. sisters, I, you wear my last name. So when you see, if you go to the store and you're like, Oh, it's a, it's a crowd out track Jersey. That's a moment that they can be like, yo, this is us. And regardless, I might not be the next track uh, athlete, but I will be the next whatever. Mm. And and that's that's you know, that's my motivation. Man, we live on a world, we live on this planet where, you know, everybody wants to leave a mark. And every day, that's all I'm trying to do. I want to leave my mark of just who I am. Mm-hmm. And right now, this triple jump in this sport right now is a part of who I am. Um right. so I just want to run with it, man. I I want to 
you know, sports. I'm, I'm, man. I could drag <laughs> questions, man. But no, no, you good. Yeah, take you it, take it away. This is what we're here for. Yeah, <laughs> sports, man. <laughs> Making it, it easy for us, right? <laughs> sports, you know, entertainment like really carries this this globe, you know, and and entertainers. If you're a musician, you have the hearts and the ears of people. If you're an athlete, you you motivate people to to want to be healthy. You you motivate people to want to try something new and so being that i'm in this sport i'm in i'm in the oldest sport known to man man and i'm doing things you know i'm i'm competing for and toward history right yeah and when you put your name in history you're to me you're, you're established you know because people go to school and they read history books right Mm-hmm. When, when, when what we got Black History Month, you get what I'm saying. So these mm-hmm. are these are important things, and I and I feel like you know the Lord blessed me to be in a profession where I get to challenge history all the time. Whew. Man, that's, I, I actually yeah. just gave myself chills with that one. Wow, yeah, that's deep. Yeah. You, when you think about it, because you can always have a debate. Whether, you know, who's the greatest football yeah. player of all time, you know, who's the greatest basketball player of all time, you know, MJ or Kobe, stuff like that. You say, who's yeah. the fastest man in the world? You can't, there is no toss up between that. It's it's either, you know, <laughs> right. you're at the top <laughs> or you're not. So, man, that's, yep. that's, that's real. I, I, I got another guest for us and it okay. happens to be my lovely, General. beautiful, awesome fiance, Karina. Karina, say hi to everyone. What's up? Welcome. So, <laughs> welcome to a beautiful podcast we have here. We It's okay. Karina's Karina's title for our podcast, she is our what? What did I what job do you have here? You took away my title. No, I didn't. I gave it back. <laughs> you were I'm the podcast sponsor. First of all, all of this equipment, I'd like to say, has been provided by me. You're Pretty welcome, much. Bam. everyone. Pretty much. Bam. Um, I was the then microphone. the digital coordinator, but yeah. I got that revoked because I kept falling asleep trying to make y'all a website. Yeah, she hasn't finished the website yet. So, <laughs> but she, she's going to finish happen. it soon. She is going to finish it soon. Uh, but how how are you dealing with the virus going around and how does it feel working from home? And being around me 24-7. Um, I'd have to say that it's been um, nice, but also disastrous. Deontay almost just walked into my video conference call shirtless. Um, at one point, he was screaming at his game while I'm on a call with bank presidents. Um, mm. So mm-hmm. you could say it's going okay. You know, is it looking for us? Is he, you know... When they're looking at the, I'm assuming this is what they're looking at from the pro, and not to see if it proves anything different from the tape, but just to see what does he look like throwing the ball. Does he look like one of those actors in a, in a Netflix show trying to throw a ball? Is is the I guess oh, the big Lord. question? Oh Lord, all American, my God! <laughs> I I, <laughs> I still got to get through season two. Don't tell yeah, you, I, I say that. yeah. God, I hate, I hate. They got to work on that. Godly. But you know, crazy thing is, he but, uh, he played receiver. He was a no way. He was a no sp- way. No, dead serious. He was a receiver in high school, and he was on a track scholarship to Indiana State. Um, I'm talking about quarterback. Okay. I, I Jordan. Get, yeah. The, yeah. Oh, Jordan. So he, okay. He, yeah, Jordan. So Jordan played receiver. I, so he's I'm just out of position on the, the show. Uh, Spencer, <laughs> Spencer on them route, yeah. bro. He he. Yeah. Well, he, he was I mean, a basketball he so, player. Yeah, he's a he, basketball player. 
They so probably play more soccer. Thing. Probably play more soccer and over there where he's from. So. <laughs> Um, and plus that I know a scene you're talking about the scene where he ran the curl route yeah in his defense in his defense he had on he had on regular tennis shoes like nah, homie bro. didn't have any cleats on he had regular tennis <laughs> shoes I can't man I can't <laughs> I can't get with oh it. my god oh man that's funny what what <laughs> other things are you kind of expecting or wanting to learn or something well, you may not know watching this documentary there's two things one there's a bunch of unseen footage from the run that hasn't surfaced or been you know shown to anybody except for of course people in the background i'm looking forward to that two or actually i got three points two nostalgia i love retro nostalgia like because you know i was that was you know we were of course we were kids but we grew up in that that era that 90s that late 90s era of you know Mike being the face of the NBA. Like everybody wanted to be Mike. It was in first grade, wanted to be Mike. Didn't know why, but just because, or of course, Space Jam, you know, the, the Jays, and just he was every, he was the embodiment of basketball. So, yeah. That, I, I can't wait to relive that nostalgia, you know, or have that just flowing through. Like, man, I remember that. Like, you're going to see so many different. You know, advertisements, you're going to see so many different logos that don't look the same. Like, of course, back in the 90s, it looked a lot different. And it's like, whoa, like, so that. And, of course, lastly, just uh, just the perspectives from all the celebrities. Because, yeah. you know, they're going to have the interviews from, you know, from current NBA players, presidents, you know, talk show people, dudes that do podcasts. Unfortunately, not us. Um, <laughs> So they didn't hit us up for this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, no hard feelings. Just kidding. But had anything to add anyways. I, I don't know. I wouldn't have had anything to add. I don't remember anything back then right. like that. But, um, but most, mostly that's it, man. I just... Yeah. And, you know, this is... Aside from the draft, this is going to be... COVID-19 Super Bowl. <laughs> like, you, and when you think about it, because we were, we didn't, you know, we're probably not going to get the Olympics. You know, we didn't get, you know, March Madness. Well, we got, we got it. It just came in a different format. We, we didn't get, yeah. you know, we didn't get the satisfaction of seeing a lot of things. So this gets to be the, you know, the big showdown, this documentary. Yeah. So, excited about that yeah that's a great point you know not having it's some type of sports entertainment that you know we all care about and i think that even makes it more i know it's jordan and the bulls already but having it right now and dropping it right now with there's nothing going on besides you know the nfl draft but i think we talked about it even a few episodes ago when they were teasing that it could come out early Mm-hmm. This is going to break records, man. Everybody's going to be tuning in Sunday night. Yep. Everybody's going to be tweeting about it. Everybody's going to be posting about it. It's it's just going to be on another level on that sense. And I don't know if you got to see it, but five, uh, not five, a few days ago, they dropped five minutes from the first episode. It was on social media. And it, it automatically 
captivated you it was talking about i mean because obviously you you mentioned it we were kids during this run so Mm -hmm. that's that's one of the main things but we knew we still knew we wanted to be like mike even though we were kids right crazy right like the way you and i know about sports now Mm -hmm. we, we obviously weren't on that level then we just knew Michael Jordan, you know, we he, he was the best. We knew that. Yep. But to be able to see the background, behind the scenes look, the day to day, the personalities, um, you kind of we can kind of get a better uh, perspective of how things were then. And to go back to that five minutes that they showed. So basically, what this documentary is is not of Michael Jordan's career. It's going to focus on that last. Um, championship season that they had and uh it, it was explaining the little teaser was explaining how you know they had won five titles uh already but the gm was the one button heads with everybody uh button heads with mike the stars because he <clears throat> believed he was the reason chicago was winning and not michael and not phil jackson jerry jones <laughs> I thought you were telling a story about the nineties Cowboys. Like, wait a minute. This sounds way too Not familiar. Jerry, I, My bad. This guy's name escaped, <laughs> this guy's name escapes me, but uh it's already Thomas. setting the stage for that battle that's gonna happen. And it, uh it's just I'm just excited and pumped to kind of get yeah. the behind the scenes. NFL, NBA, NHL, they all have unions. Right? They're all in a group. Mm-hmm. So those groups and unions sign deals with the makers of EA sports games, sports games like that. The NCAA does not have a union. The the student athletes don't have a union. Can't unionize. So right. Right. So what the NCAA is saying here, which I, I there's ways, in my opinion, that it can be done, but NCAA is we know that we talked about how slow footed the NCAA is and how they've been setting their ways. So in my personal opinion, I think we will see video games down the line, but NCAA, it, they're just taking their time with it. Oh yeah. Hope they're pr- hoping and praying all these repercussions that are these scenarios and contingency plans don't go the way that don't benefit them. If that makes yeah. sense, what I just said, maybe. Basically, NCAA, like, wait a minute. They call them our bluffs. Mm-hmm. Like, man, we knew this day would come. We just didn't know it was going to come this soon. Yeah. Like, just it's just baby steps, man. And it's, in my opinion, it's a knee-jerk reaction as far as we've, we've been... T- Telling the like not us personally, but you know, <laughs> NCAA have been receiving a lot of grief about getting with the times, and you see these players, and you're going to continue to see these players make these decisions to not partake in what the NCAA is giving them. Mm-hmm. So NCAA is like, hey, we we okay, all right, this stuff they've been telling us for years. Okay, let's let's do this. Let's finally get with the times. Let's um get with what we got to do to ensure our product, our players, our prospects stay with us. And so, but I mean, that's, that's pretty much what I got to say. If you add it, you got to add another wrinkle to that though. You got to add the wrinkle to dot, dot, dot italicize as well as put an asterisk next to 
oh, dang, we got to, you know, this coronavirus affecting not only the lives of our students, but uh, we might not even get athletic seasons coming up. So what is this going to do to our income? Mm-hmm. The money that we make off of these students. Yeah. I mean, the money we that we uh, didn't even have, we didn't have 85% of our budget from March Madness come in. We didn't have a March Madness. Nope. Uh, we losing money left and right. What we got to so, do type thing. With the NCAA seasons in jeopardy the way that they are, the and of course the NBA talk, and I might be getting ahead of myself, so I apologize, but the NBA considering openings based on the state's designation is huge for a lot of these players that have already committed to the G League. So the NBA TV subscriptions might be going through the roof if more and more yeah. of these prospects continue to make that step about, you know, decommitting from these universities and, of course, going ahead and getting their worth um, elsewhere. So shout out to them for taking that step. It's a huge leap of faith. And they're all, you know, if anybody's equipped to do it, it's certainly these young guys. We have a Baylor alum and also from the Central Texas area, my guy, Derwin Graham. Derwin, appreciate you coming on with us, man. How you doing this morning? Doing good. It's a blessing to be with you boys. So I'm just happy to be here. You know, we live in a world of debate. Always have lived in a world of debate. Mm-hmm. And so in Europe, how do, how do you stand on the GOAT debate of Michael Jordan, LeBron, Kobe, whoever? And how did this how did working on this documentary change that perspective, if it did at all? Or did it enforce something that you already believed about who you think is the greatest of all time? Man, see, the GOAT debate is always weird because it's like you want to fully appreciate people for what they did back then and then right. the now. But I mean, just being so deeply involved with this Jordan doc, I mean, it kind of reinforced the idea of Jordan being the GOAT. Like this man set the standard for everybody. He made himself and the Bulls a global commodity and everybody had to have Bull stuff and the Jordan sneakers and stuff. And he, he set it up at a time where there was no social media or anything. He just did it all off of just word of mouth, his name and his game. And he helped guys like LeBron be able to be where he is now, where he can be a global commodity. So, I mean, Jordan was the standard. So, I mean, you got to appreciate the standard. So I think he stands out because of that. Yeah. I, yeah. I think for, for me, for sure, I was I don't even know where I stood before. Like if we're actually going to talk about debate, of course, you like you said, they're in different eras and stuff like that. But, man, how could you not sit there and just appreciate after watching something like this, the the mentality, the effort, everything that he put himself into to become where he is now. And then I kind of and it's also about uh, what the now of it. Like, say, in 20, 30 years, when a LeBron doc comes out Man. about what he went through, people probably going to drop and say, you know what I'm saying? Hey, he's the what GOAT. Is, like, it's, 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 right, right. <laughs> like, what have you done for me lately? Like, we've seen, we're seeing it now. So that only reinforces a lot of people going to say GOAT. But that's 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 an interesting um, 
thing because that's always going to change. Like people are always going to have their personal opinions. So I, I feel like that'd be a fun question to ask you, like yeah, how yeah. that changed. I mean, yeah. Everybody has different gold opinions. You know, some might say, mm-hmm. I build Jabbar is the GOAT because he's number one all time. Some will say uh, Magic Johnson or something. So, you know, I mean, it's, yeah. it's interesting just to, see, just to hear people's takes and stuff. And I don't think yeah. everybody's wrong. That Everybody's a great hooper out there. So. Yeah. The NFL owners likely to vote in favor of extending EA Sports Madden NFL exclusive license. So Albert Breer tweeted another big voting matter for next week's virtual owners meeting, which we had been talking about throughout the episode today. NFL teams will vote to ratify a five year extension of their video game licensing agreement with EA Sports through the 2026 season. Guys over at EA, they prioritize certain modes in Madden that generate the most money. That is the Madden Ultimate Team. Why I just discovered the Madden Ultimate Team on this year's Madden about two weeks ago, I haven't been able to put it down. Not for the same reason that the folks over at EA ooze and drool over it, but that particular mode in Madden, of course, as many of you know or probably don't know, that brings in a lot of money by way of microtransactions. And, of course, one way, one unethical way that brings in a lot of money is by gambling. It's not necessarily, you know, you know, kids showing up at the slots and putting in a few tokens to, you know, possibly win something. It's more so as you purchasing in-game currency by way or you purchasing in-game currency with the hopes of opening a package and in that package you possibly having a card of your choosing but the likelihood of you actually getting a card that you like is it's very small so that's high risk low reward and until that particular function or that particular section is separate from madden it will never change because if that cash cow continues to bring you money what what is going to incentivize you to change the game or to add anything new to it or to change the thing that they haven't changed in years, the franchise mode? You know, you have a young son that I'm sure you're going to have to teach about everything that's going on. So after hearing what I said at the beginning during the pod, how, how, how are you feeling then at that moment compared to now? I feel like we had the space to think about what was going on, um, the way that these tragedies have affected us individually, um, as well as in terms of a family unit. We are tired, but in light of everything that's going on with all these black men and women being murdered, most of them captured on camera, we still have to see that go to work the next day enjoy our leisure the next day look our loved ones in the eyes and they say and try to continue living in spite of what's going on outside that's every interaction that you have in a car, every interaction that you have in a store, every interaction that you have, which you're possibly selling baked goods on the side of a highway, you have to think at the back of your mind, this could end horribly. So, like you said, having to bottle all that up, put that in a box, 
put that box in a folder and put that folder over here while you continue to live out your life is it's tough but we have to do it because like you said if we don't fight during this generation much like the generation before us and the generation before them the generations that's going to come after us is going to be doing the same exact thing one thing we can talk about though <laughs> getting paid, getting paid. Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> you should have had that. Oh, uh, what song? Oh. Money, 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 money. Oh, yeah. Facts. Patrick Mahomes cashed out, y'all. Yeah. Obviously, the highest deal ever in NFL history 10 years, 503 million. Half a billy. Half a billy with a B. Does he deserve it, Dane? Well, that's that's a, a really small amount. That's just projecting. What they're doing right now is projecting. But in about three, four years, that deal is going to look really awful. But yes, he deserves every nickel and penny dollar of that deal. But it's still underpaid. He's still under based based on what we've seen so far from his very short career. He is severely, severely underpaid. Right. And you can't say you don't realize that right now. And I know one of our earlier episodes we talked about, I think it was right after he, he won the Super Bowl mm-hmm. of him being the GOAT. And yeah. I mean, the GOAT is a term, you know, that can be it's up to the person to decide how they want it. Like it, you can have the yeah. GOAT in terms of being the best right now. Right. Rather than being the best of all time, because obviously his career is young. He could have a, a God forbid, season ending, career ending injury, you know, and it ends right here. But right now he's the best quarterback in football. Yeah. And the Chiefs are like, we're going to pay you like the best quarterback in football, the best player in football. And so I can honestly say as a Broncos fan, (laughs) damn, (laughs) damn, damn, damn. Mm -hmm. Air horns. Where are my air horns? Jamal Adams. Mm -hmm. Seahawks. (laughs) New Legion of Boom. Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams. We had talked, Dane, maybe two days ago when that report came out, how he was talking about Adam Gase. Oh, yeah, yeah. Calling him out about the leadership. Yes. When I first saw that, my first thought was like, how do you, from the coach's side, how do you coach somebody that doesn't believe in you at all and comes out and say this statement? Basically questions your manhood. Right. How do you <laughs> how do you come out and and like the respect factor at that point is gone. Like yeah, non-existent. He's saying you're not a leader. He's saying you're not gonna be able to lead this team. So at that point, what else is there to talk about? I don't have the quote in front of me, but he was basically questioning Adam Gase as a head coach, saying he's not a leader, mm-hmm. he doesn't communicate with his players. 
he came out with that. And my first thought was, yeah, he gone. They sent him to Seattle for Bradley McDougal, first round pick in 2021, third round pick in 2021, a first round pick in 2022. Mm. So that's a lot of first round picks. That's two first rounds and a third for Jamal Adams. And so Dane, before we started this episode, we talked about people on Twitter who automatically become analysts, automatically determine Mm -hmm. who won the trade. So Mm -hmm. what's your beef with people that do that? My beef goes back to two seasons ago when Amari Cooper was traded. I know this has to do with the Cowboys. I'm sorry. Kill me. The Cowboys traded the Raiders for Amari Cooper in exchange. The Cowboys gave up a first round pick. And immediately everyone said the Cowboys are stupid, you know, X, Y, Z because of the trade, because in comparison to all the other receivers that got traded for pennies, you have uh, what Golden Tate and was it Demarius Thomas that got traded? I can't remember. Okay. A number of other receivers were traded, but there were day three picks. And the assumption immediately was the Cowboys got finesse in the pick because they gave up a one. Now, here's the thing you have to consider. One, there wasn't a receiver in that draft that was going to be better than Amari Cooper. It just wasn't there. There are a lot of great names in that draft, but none of them were going to be as NFL-ready as Amari Cooper. So there's no way for you to say that that particular trade, who won that particular trade then, because you'd have to see how the first-round pick turns out. If the first-round pick turns out to be a five-time All-Pro, you know, Super Bowl, double Super Bowl MVP, then yes, absolutely they won that trade. But if that particular player gets injured the first season and let's say they, they're not even a starter, they're like an on-the-cusp guy, then who won the trade? It's no different now. There's no way for us to determine if the you know Seahawks won the trade or the Jets won the trade. Yes, they have. The, the Jets ended up getting additional first-round picks. But let's not be too shallow here and naive. No disrespect intended, but if you look at the, let's say, for the sake of my argument, to help my argument, the last 10 drafts that the Jets have, Deontay, I'm not going to put you on the spot here, but off the top of your head, can you name three players that have a lasting impact on that franchise? In the last few years? I mean... Yeah, the last 10 years from the Jets franchise. First round picks. That have, Are you just saying that I've done well or that... What are you say, based asking on, me exactly? Based on... Have they done well? Have they contributed to the Jets? Based on if you're a a general manager for the Jets, your job is to draft the best player with the first overall pick or a question. You're you're the first round pick of that particular season. Right. For this reason, you have two picks, two additional first round. I mean, Sam Darnold has shown promise. But, I mean, we haven't seen <laughs> him be first-round pick material yet. Like, you know, uh, right. other than that, I see what you're saying. No. <laughs> so the point I'm trying to make here is the team in question, the Jets, have been very questionable in terms of player evaluation and acquisition of those, you know, first-round selections. If they were hitting on the money with every single one of those picks or at least the majority of those picks, we wouldn't even be talking about this. We'd say the Jets definitely won based on their player evaluation. But they haven't. So we can't really say right now if they won the, you know, won the entire haul in from the, the, the trade. Because 
their drafting has been pretty sketchy for the last few years. Outside of Jamal Adams and possibly Sam Darnold, and uh, I guess you can include Sheldon Richardson in that. He had a pretty decent yeah, few seasons. But he ain't there no more. That, exactly. <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, there's still Quentin Williams and Makai Becton, so we'll see where that goes. Yeah, on the other side of that, Jamal Adams heading to Seattle. Mm-hmm. And Ooh-wee. the same, I, I immediately thought of Legion of Boom. I said it in the drop because yeah. oh. Jamal Adams plays similar to how Cam, Cam Chancellor played in that defense. I'm just imagining him being put in positions the way Cam Chancellor was as far mm-hmm. as, you know, being that enforcer across the middle, being that uh, inbox uh, safety linebacker hybrid where you can come up and make defensive stops. And I think if Seattle can sign uh, Clowney back, man, they mm-hmm. could make some real noise in NFC. What do you think? I'm thinking like – I think so too. Yeah, because – It you just becomes Russell. hard because – why isn't Cl- I mean that leads to another conversation? What is the deal? I mean, is it the the physical contact that you can't have right now? Is why Connie isn't signed or or what? But I think he's what is trying preventing to, him from coming he, back. I think it's a combination of pride and him wanting the deal. He thinks he's worth at this point, but I mean, he's had health issues. He, he hasn't been healthy. Didn't he miss games this past season as well? Or am I tripping? Yeah. So no, he missed. I think he missed one or two games. Right. So I mean, he's. I think he'll eventually sign, obviously, but it's not going to be for what he wants. And maybe he's seeing this Jamal Adams doing like, okay, if I come back here, we got a chance to make some noise in the NFC because um, I'm not sure if Seattle addressed that offensive line. Maybe they did in the draft. I'm not aware. But uh, if they get that O-line situation intact, then, you know, Seattle can make some good noise in the NFC. That whole division, like we just talked about, Dane, made some big mm-hmm. moves this offseason. Uh, uh, the Niners went and got Trent Williams, left tackle. Of course, the Cardinals went and traded for DeAndre Hopkins, give him a big target mm-hmm. for Kyle and Murray. And, you know, the Seahawks getting Jamal Adams. So that might, you know, last year was one of the toughest divisions in football. And, you know, I definitely believe it'll be that way again this season. They were definitely, in my opinion, that is going to be one of the more exciting on paper. This is all on paper because we haven't seen any type of physical contact or any drills, team drills, anything like that. We can't make that determination. Honestly, you can make the determination, but it won't be honest. On paper, that might be the most fascinating and fun division to watch, in my opinion. No, I agree. I agree with you, bro. But not everybody was happy with this trade, Dane. Oh, no. Who was unhappy, Deontay? Somebody did not... Did you hit the bell? ...like this trade. (laughs) So Le'Veon Bell, New York Jets running back. The tables have turned. Oh, have they? Right, Right when the trade went down... He got his Twitter fingers out and he said, <laughs> You messy for that. He said, People do all the hooting and hollering to get you brought in just to leave. <laughs> LOL. Like, people weird, yo. The internet got these dudes doing whatever for attention. Even when they tell you S H I T, 
they don't believe themselves. Who's he talking about? (laughs) (laughs) If you're big fans of the Netflix show Last Chance You, this is the final season that just dropped on Netflix. We were joined by receiver RJ Stern. RJ, appreciate you coming on, man. Big fans of the show. How you doing today, man? I'm good, man. Thank you guys for reaching out and having me on here. It's uh, appreciated a lot. You know, like, man, if people aren't saying basically fuck this cat, I think you're not being yourself because yeah. you can't please everybody. Yeah, man, I'm I'm not gonna change for for no one, man. Unless it's being detrimental to the people around me and myself, I'm gonna continue to be me. And so, and I can give a damn what people have to say about me in a negative sense. It's crazy, man. Um, my boy John McDonald, he called me. I don't want to get too into it, but we were talking and it's like uh, some of his teammates were like, they felt kind of a little skeptical of me, you know, and they talked to me and they were like, my bad, bro. My, my bad. I'm going to delete that. Follow me back. You know, they, they know, but it, it just takes a conversation is, is my point. And so if people don't want to have that conversation, people don't want to think then like, they're just going to, they just got issues with themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's all good. It's all good. I'm fine with being labeled that way because the best receivers want the ball, right? We played receiver in high school, not on the college or Duco level, but Dane and I went to high school together and I mean, yeah. we played, we both played receivers. So that's like the mentality. Yeah. Like I can make plays. So we, yeah, I feel you. Yeah. On Once again, we have another guest. Oh man. This guy is a big time, big time icon. Uh, he led Duke to the Championship in 1996 under Coach K. He's the ESPN and College Game Day icon, Jay Billis. Jay, how you doing this afternoon? And thank you for joining us today, man. Well, thank you for having me. Good to be with you guys. You know, this is unprecedented in our lifetimes. You know, it's a once in a hundred year pandemic, or at least the last one was a hundred years ago in, in the Spanish flu pandemic in 1918. Um, but, you know, I don't think it's in their nature to share information with the public. Uh, but it, it just, it struck me from the very beginning. Look, I brought, it's not like I didn't bring it up with people I knew within the structure saying, you guys are missing an opportunity here. You need to be, you know, when they were making decisions to cancel the NCAA tournament, you know, you should be, uh, sharing the information that your medical professionals are giving you and that you're basing your decisions on with the public. And they've had all these opportunities through, throughout the course of this, you know, whenever any of these commissioners sits down for a, uh, press con- it's news and, and it's covered as news. So have your medical professionals out there with you. I mean, why do I have to turn on CNN and, and to, to listen to Sanjay, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, which is great. Um, but when the best infectious disease, and he's one of the best infectious disease experts, but when the best infectious disease experts in the country are on NCAA campuses, why aren't they, why aren't they helping educate the public on that? They should be. And, uh, and we'd have a better understanding of things. And it would, it, look, it would help all of us, not just help justify their decision. The NCAA can show much more leadership here than they've shown. And, and look, if to me, even if Mark Emmer can't tell them whether they can play or not, he can step in front of a microphone and say, here's the information we're getting from our medical experts. We deem it irresponsible to play, and here's why. And then, and then put it on the conferences to explain why they're playing anyway. Um, that's what leadership is. We have another guest today. Who is, who, is who, is who is it? Who is it? Who is it? One and only. Say something, Scott. Hey. <laughs> hey, what's up, what's up, you guys? Hey, I was waiting for you to give me the intro. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate that. 
Did you guys happen to catch that list, top 100 players list that the players do every year? Voted on by the players and NFL Network, you know, does a little countdown and social media goes crazy. Why isn't this person here? Same old recycled story, you know. The players all voted and the top player for the 2020 season is Lamar Jackson. Do y'all agree with that? Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm kind of iffy. You know what? I, I, I'm gonna make it uh fifty-fifty. I'm gonna say fifty-fifty because Heyman Mahomes had a really, really good season, and you know Mahomes took the Chiefs to the Super Bowl and won. So, I mean, a lot of people say, "Why is he not a number one player?" You know, but also, you know, Lamar Jackson had one heck of a season. Um, so it, it all depends on, I, I think it's an opinion based and also a numbers based thing. Um, I'm 50, 50 on that. Cause Lamar Jackson is a overall talented player, you know? Um, so is Mahomes. And from what I heard, Mahomes was ranked number four, which is kind of surprising right yeah. here. So, and he was ranked four last year during his list. So that's the part that's like if i'm if i'm a player you know they played against these guys and so for them when i'm thinking they're saying about lamar putting lamar over patrick mahomes is it's kind of saying lamar is a talent that well you could say that for patrick mahomes both are talents we've never seen like the way mahomes can chunk the ball looks like with a flick of the wrist like 80 yards yeah. down the field is crazy. In my opinion, I put I would put Mahomes number one just for the fact that he won the Super Bowl. He brought they had like three different comebacks in the playoffs. Yeah. They were down multiple scores. Yeah. Texas yeah. I love Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I love Lamar Jackson, but we haven't seen him take, you know, the playoff step. You know, he he he's only been in the league three years, right? This would be year number three. Uh, yeah, this this is his third, third year. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, of course, they're both still young. I would put Mahomes over Lamar Jackson. I mean, he 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 won the Super Bowl. Mm, he carried yeah, his team I, there. Lamar yeah, I, I is would. crazy. You know, Lamar, we, we all know how great Lamar is. And Dane, I know you're <laughs> thinking, but I just think for Mahomes to be ranked under him and Russell Wilson. I, well, Russell... And that's another thing. Russell Wilson, I like him at number two just for the fact that his O-line has been trashed for years and he's still balling and carrying that team. And so I I like him at two. I put Mahomes one, and I will put Wilson at two. Mm. Uh, What say you, Dane? Well, gentlemen, we have a fork in the road. (laughs) We have uh, a tangled web. We weaved. <laughs> With a tangle where we have here. So the issue I have is one context. When did this list when was the list developed? When were the players polled? Because in some of the videos from the top one hundred, the video was dated January 29th or January twenty-eighth. So it's a few days before the Super Bowl. I'm not sure if the video was recorded at the same time as the poll was taken. And I've also heard that some of the polls were taken in November, whereas there were still pieces of uh, a hefty meat of the the season hadn't taken place. So if 
the voting is based on just a regular season. That's one thing. But if the voting is based on the entire season, then it's flawed because you're not able to, you, you can't say, okay, for the sake of this argument, let's say, and I know they're both in the AFC, for the sake of this argument, let's say the Chiefs and the Ravens made it to the Super Bowl. Not likely at all, but for the sake of the argument. If you're right. going to determine who the better quarterback is, more than likely you're going to base off of who wins, right? Mm-hmm. You can't do that if you're unable to see the greatest game of the year. The greatest game of the year is always and will always be the Super Bowl. If we're basing this off of that, we have a flawed voting system. I understand yeah. that everyone's supposed to be on a level playing field. If if everyone's supposed to vote during week 13, then that's fair. But we don't even get to see 16-game schedule if this is based on the current year, the full body of work. Who's to say that a player was hurt three or four games out of the season and then they came off and they finished strong the rest of the season and they're hurt by that. So I guess my, for my, I said all that to say this, this is my grandfather. <laughs> says. Um, he's, uh, I, I say that Patrick Mahomes should be number one. Um, Number two, in my opinion, should be Aaron Donald. And number three should be Russell Wilson. And then number four yeah. might be Lamar Jackson. Or it might be Stephon Gilmore. I, I don't know, but it all depends on the context of when they voted. My brother Dane could not join us this afternoon, but I am joined by ESPN personality Trey Wingo. Trey. Appreciate you so much for stepping in and taking Dane's place for the day. <laughs> Happy to do it. And, uh, you know, Dane, you're lost, man. I, I guess your children are more important. Whatever. <laughs> They're not saying we're the ones that are being this. We're fighting for the people who don't have what we have and want equal treatment. Uh, and, and you hope it's a turning point. Um, but then again, you know, the Jacob Blake thing happened. And, uh, this has been a rough year on a lot of levels uh, for a variety of reasons. Um, if there was ever a year that could use a, a term in golf called a mulligan, it would be 2020, but it would be disingenuous of me or anybody to say, well, this is a, just a 2020 thing. This has been going on forever. And I think that's the, that's the reason Emmanuel Acho, who now works for Fox and used to work for us, has that thing. We need to have some uncomfortable conversations and some of us need to listen and some of us need to speak. And some of us that have been speaking for a long time are probably the ones that need to shut up and listen. Time in our history with the Black Lives Matter movement, um, fight against social injustices and stuff like that. And we've seen recently with the NBA stoppage, the Milwaukee Bucks, that kind of thing. It has spread to other leagues. Like you've seen other leagues take a stand as well with stoppages, wanting changes in the government uh, and social um, changes in, in, in what we're going through right now. In your opinion, is the NFL ready for that? Because as we know, four years ago when Colin Kaepernick took that knee, they, they weren't ready. Yeah. You know, and again, I, people don't want to remember this or believe it, but, you know, I, I used to get letters, like literally handwritten letters at ESPN saying I was making this up. But it was a former Green Beret from the state of Texas named Nate Boyer. Nate Boyer, yeah. Colin, that kneeling was respectful. And some people just don't want to hear that and they don't want to believe that. And, they, and some people just will never be OK with that. And that's fine. That's their prerogative. But it's also his prerogative to do that. And I think that's the thing that always gets lost on me. We as a country are great because we're allowed to think differently than each other. We're allowed to have differences of opinion. If we're all in the same lockstep, we all have to think the same way. That's not a democracy. That's a dictatorship. 
And I think that the most amazing thing to me, first of all, to answer your question, I think the NFL is ready. And I think the NFL realized that they weren't ready four years ago and they made mistakes. And, you know, Roger Goodell just had a, uh, uh, did a one-on-one with Emmanuel Acho, you know, uncomfortable conversations with a black man where he admitted we handled this incorrectly. And, you know, I think you're going to see people, uh, players speaking out and they don't, they're not concerned what people think anymore because they, they, they keep living in a time where they keep seeing things like, you know, after the murder of George Floyd, it was supposed to be a turning point. And then Jacob Blake is shot seven times in the back, uh, you know, and that's, that is unacceptable. That can't happen. And it's, I think it's easier for professional athletes to feel that way. What I've been really, really amazed at is how quickly college athletes have found that they have power and that they have a way with things. Just ask Mike Gundy, Oklahoma State head coach, how quickly he found out. Right. Uh, Mike Northrup, the new head coach of Florida State, when he, had, he put out something that you know, at best was misleading and his best player linebacker, Marvin Wilson, whom he did not recruit, you know, said, no, 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 that ain't right. And Northrop had to come correct on that. The most amazing thing to me over all this is how quickly college uh, athletes have discovered the power that they have. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with it going forward, because, you know, when you get paid and you get paid handsomely, like uh, most people do uh, in professional sports, obviously there's a sliding scale between a Patrick Mahomes contract and a rookie gunner on a special teams contract, but still, you know, it's a pretty decent, decent living. Um, I, I think that it's easier for those people to speak up and those those players to to feel empowered and emboldened. Uh, it's been remarkable to see how quickly college athletes have realized we have a power and we have a platform and we are right. going to use it. And how many times coaches who have been the authoritarian figure for so long in college sports realize we not we may not have as much authority as we once thought we did. And I, I think that balance and that shift is good for everybody. So here is our sit-down talk with Master Tosfasi. Growing up in the state of Texas, or, or just knowing about Texas culture, knowing about the Black struggle, uh, what type of mindset do we need to have moving forward for people that look like us to understand that, you know, maybe my vote does mean or count for something? Yeah. Um, that's, man, that's a good question, man, because, like, to be honest with you, I, I never, like, I voted... Uh, every single time I've had the opportunity to vote for a national, uh, for a presidential election. Um, mm-hmm. But beyond that, like I did it kind of from a, like whatever standpoint and perspective, because man, ultimately like I, I, it was hard for me to believe in, in, in the election process here in this country. No one has yeah. day, they really don't give a fuck about me. You know, they, they, they generally don't. And um, I can understand how someone will feel that way and still feel that way. Cause you know, it's I'm, that's something I'm still working through. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. um, as I'm starting to learn and understand and recognize, and I think we all are collectively in terms of you know these different um, verdicts that have popped up, mm. the, the the charges that get done, and who are the people in power to to do all of that, um, and knowing that you know oftentimes it's like a couple thousand people vote for this dude. And a couple, you know, a couple hundred thousand people city, you know what I'm saying? So it's, yeah. it's, it's remarkable to see how much influence and power uh, can be had due to the simple fact that people are just simply ignoring the importance of the position. 
And so that's what I would keep in mind for people. And that's what I'm keeping in mind too. Cause you know, right now, you know, since I moved back, you know, I'm making sure I register to vote here in the city, uh, in Irving. And beyond the fact, this is something I don't think I've ever really done. I think I've done before, but not to this extent and this early is uh, researching what else is going to be on my ballot. So I can mm-hmm. understand as much as I possibly can, uh, the different candidates and seeing what they bring to the table. Cause it's easy to go right now, just, you know, check off all the boxes and say, you know, no, you gotta, right. get, you gotta get all the Republicans out of office and you go straight Democrat. But like some of these city, you know, you know, like the, you know, the attorney general situation, you mm-hmm. feel me like who, yeah. who's going to be the, the deputy commissioner, like all these different positions, they don't come with a party affiliate. You know, all you see on that ballot is just a name. And to your, in your mind, because there's no political a party affiliate to that, so it's just easy to disassociate yourself as if this isn't important. So you're just going to check off a random name or box that, you know, sounds whatever. But, you know, understand the importance of that and understand the importance that that plays collectively in, you know, state politics and having a representative, uh, you know, uh, someone who rep- represents your, your community and your neighborhood so we can avoid situations. Uh, yeah, like, you know what I'm saying, where they, they're redrawing, continue to redraw the Texas uh, state map, you know what I'm saying, to further... Uh, benefit their own agendas and, and initiatives that they have and, and, you know, continue to suppress us. And and that's due to the simple fact that, you know, literally I checked the, the, uh, the representative here, it came down to a couple hundred votes. It's crazy, you know, and it, the people who voted there was like maybe like 3,000, 4,000 people, you know? So that's what I would just pe- have people remember and recognize is that, you know, ultimately you're going to be voting for a president hoping that you can see some change but the change that you're really trying to see on a micro level is going to be local. your city election. Right. It's going to be the, to be the local, local elections and state elections. And so you should have just as much focus, just as much uh, uh, attention on that. You should do just as much as research on that. You should be just as aware on that as you are with the presidential election. Because presidential election, that's easy. You're going to see that everywhere. But who's going to really yeah, tell you what's right. going on in your city? Uh-huh. You got to keep tuned with that. That's, that's, that's ultimately the role and responsibility we all have as individuals to do right now because it's all, it, it all meshes together at the end of the day. One of them is macro picture, the other one's micro picture. And you can't have one without the other. And Dane, you, you, you're a Lakers fan. Right. Um, they're up 2-0 right now against the Heat. Of course. In, in, the, fi- <laughs> in the finals. And it, it, it looks like they're going to finish the job. Yep. And they're going to bring the Larry O'Brien trophy to Los Angeles. My, my, my question to you as a Lakers fan, I know in the past how you felt about LeBron as far as, you know, you weren't really on the LeBron hype train. No, not because of his uh, right, status, but right. just because of the fandom. The, right. people, the people that are, of course, somehow now Lakers fans because of he course. was on the team. The, that is what I didn't, I didn't like. And, and it made me hard to accept him as the guy, the face of the NBA. Right. And then you've you've also, you know, told me personally, like, yeah. man, I respect LeBron, who he is a person. Which, oh, yeah. yeah, this has nothing to do with that. I know how you feel about him on that level. Um, if they finish the job okay. with these last two wins, with everything that's going on this year with COVID and obviously with Kobe, um, Kobe not being here anymore. What I guess it'll be a two part question. Okay. What would it be or what would it mean to you mm-hmm. as a, you know, Kobe Bryant? You know, you've always been a Kobe Bryant guy. What what would this mean to you and for his family, Los Angeles, the 
the organization as a whole if they can finish the job and, and get these last two wins? I think it's something that now if for whatever reason, if the Lakers lose in the finals, it's OK. And if for whatever reason, the Lakers win in the finals. It's still OK. The his legacy is his legacy with or without this ring that he's going to get. Sorry, I don't mean to come off arrogant saying that. But what it does for Laker Nation, what it does for that city, what it does for everyone that's been grieving uh, because of the lives that were lost on that day in January, it brings a sense of hope and it brings a sense of, okay, we needed this to get not to get over it because you'll never get over it. Right. You lose someone there, you know, that's a hard thing for anyone to cope with. But at least this allows the city to come together. Um, now, I have no idea what this would mean in the future, but anybody who's anybody can appreciate a story like this. Um, we lost a really great icon, um, some someone more than just a basketball player, but just a great human being. And I think uh, the icing on the cake would be to bring home the championship um, back to L.A. But all things are not promised. And of course, this is not about this isn't about any of us. Honestly, obviously, this isn't about any of us, but it's a sports does one good thing and unifies us and brings us all closer together. Yeah. So I think if anything, it'll just make us appreciate the ones that we have here at the moment instead of, you know, God forbid, waiting until they're gone to give them their roses. So right. anything, it just brings everybody close together. We're joined by one of our biggest inspirations that really, really helped us start our own podcast. I know yeah. back like four, four years ago or so, man, we started listening to this podcast with uh, LeJethro and Dragonfly Jones, man. And we're joined by LeJethro Jenkins, man. How are you doing? Appreciate you coming on with us, bro. Oh, uh, no, it's, it's nothing. Thanks for asking me to come on, man. And thanks for, you know, supporting us for that long, man. That's We've been doing this for a little bit, so... Because these kids are different. We see this guy, uh, was it the Greek the League? French dude. French dude, French dude, 16, seven, he's 7, 12, okay? Right, that's he, right 7, 12, got, a, got, a, got the wingspan of a pterodactyl, all right? <laughs> Jump shot look like KD. Jump shot look like KD, you know what I mean? And it's like, bro, I, I, I tweeted, whenever I see him play, I literally hear, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I hear the X Files, you know what I'm saying? Uh, theme music playing in the background. This, yeah, yeah, I hear that. You feel me? We need to call Mulder and Scully, get them on the, on, on the job. Because this kid, what, what, whatever egg he cracked from, you know what I mean? Whoever hatched him, be different. What I do want to say is if you're something you want to do, fucking do that shit. You know what I'm saying? Don't listen to Jenkins and Jones. Don't go to Dark Bay. Do what you led to do. How about that? You know what I'm saying? So, for sure. And check these milk boys out. Hey, this, hey, this was fun, man. Appreciate Y'all it. some good dudes. Y'all good at this. I was nowhere near as good at this, bro. Like, hey, thank flowing you. questions, you know, like thought-provoking. <laughs> <laughs> we had, we had uh, Master Tespassian on uh, a couple of weeks ago on one of our podcasts from uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Report, and he said the same thing. So that... Coming from y'all, man, that means a lot, man. We just hey, doing what we love, grinding, you know, like you said, yeah. just trying to trying to see what, what happens, you know. We just want to say thank you to everyone that's shown us love on social oh, media. Yeah, oh, man, yo. it's been great. Uh, everybody, friends and family that 
have tuned in and shared with others. We really, really appreciate it. We're very appreciative of everyone taking the time out their busy day uh, to listen to this podcast. You could be doing a million other things with your time out today, but I just want to highlight this podcast is probably about an, an hour long. Now there are 24 hours in a day. Okay. So the average person should get about eight hours of sleep. So that leaves you with 16 hours. And of course, if you're any type of functioning uh, being in this universe, uh, you probably have a job. One might say you're at work for about eight hours a day. So boom, so we're going to attract eight hours from that. So now we're down to eight hours. Eight hours. So 24, let me run this back, 24 minus eight, and then minus another eight, we're back here at, you know, eight. So yeah, eight hours, eight hours a day. Now you might spend time in your car commuting to work. So we'll put in about an hour in that. So with seven hours left, seven hours, I'm sure, I'm pretty sure you have a family. Maybe you have a girlfriend. Maybe you have a fiance. Right. Mm -hmm. So let's cut out, uh, I don't know, four hours. Boom. So that leaves us with four hours remaining. So you have four hours that you might spend eating. Eating. Of those four hours, you might spend three hours eating. Bam. So we subtract three hours. Boom. You got one hour left. What's that one hour left dedicated to? You listening to this podcast. Podcast. We appreciate that. Friends, family, strangers. You know, little cats, dogs, children. We appreciate that. Um, yeah, we appreciate you for coming into our circle and just hanging out with us, blabbering, talk nonsense Talking. for an hour on the right. interwebs. On the interwebs. And from one half of the duo to y'all, we appreciate y'all because without y'all, there's no us. And without us, there's no y- Well, no, it doesn't work like that. Without y'all, there's no us. So we appreciate y'all. We do appreciate it. For your we one hour. It. For your one hour out of your busy one hour busy day. Yeah, so <laughs> that is 30 episodes of content that we gave over the year. And we are <laughs> here 30. in 2020. Hopefully we can keep the momentum going in um the rest of the momentum. year into 2021. The momentum. But momentum. since you know we just had Thanksgiving and you know we were thankful for our family and of course the food. Yeah, of course food. But Dane, what were you what were you talking about? Talking about something we're not thankful for? Yeah, talk about something you're not thankful for. So for, for me, I know that's backwards, but you you'll get the humor of it on the on the back side of it. Uh pause. Uh I ain't thankful for Nats. Oh, so, bro. next, I I'm I don't know. I appreciate God for everything He created, but I just want to ask Him what what was them what was them intended for? Why we why we got next? Because <laughs> the other day I opened up the patio door, just the screen door, in hopes to get some air in the house, and there was nets on the inside of the screen door. So I had to immediately close the glass door so they wouldn't get in the house. So the following day I had to go outside and hurry up and get out there with my, you know, I had my uh my bug spray, my bug repellent. And I just I doused the entire screen door to make sure I got all them jokers. So RIP to all like ten of them gnats. But what we got gnats for? I don't like that. I don't appreciate them. Somebody to educate me about why we had them. Why we have them. If they're important, I appreciate that. But for right now, I don't like that. And I I'm unthankful for that. I'm like unthankful. Uh, I mine popped in my head too. I'm unthankful for allergies. Like Woo, allergies, man. man. Especially around this time. If I sneeze, I got a hole in my sneeze. People think <laughs> I got the room and stuff. So I'm like having a heart attack oh, holding man. in my sneeze. So I don't want no allergies, man. I'm not thankful for that. But <laughs> Claritin Carl over here. Oh yeah, popping my allergy. I popped two yesterday, or was it day before man. yesterday? And I was still sniffing and I hope you guys enjoyed the uh, the clips 
And that will conclude season one for us here on the Duo Sports and Stuff podcast. We will get back to recording our episode soon and catch up on all things NFL. NBA is coming back next month, Dane. So short. <coughs> boy, boy's got to defend that title. Oh, of course. The of Lakers, course. that is. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. New and improved. As always, you can catch all our episodes on any streaming platform and also on our website, the Duo Sports and mm-hmm. Stuff Podcast.com. And for Deontay Epps and Dane Beasley, we have this Same. thing. You. Peace.